next up we have Ben Thompson uh, from Best Wines uh, Great Western, which is uh, part of the Grampians for people who aren't quite sure uh, where it is, just northwest of Melbourne. Uh, the reason I wanted to get Ben on initially was part of, we've been following a bit of a theme for International Wine Days of late. Um, and uh, International Pinot Meunier Day was uh, on, on the 12th of, oh, today is the 12th. I think it's actually on the 16th of December. So I thought, let's get on the people who do the best Pinot Meunier in Australia. And I, I tell you what, it wasn't hard to find that it was a very unanimous decision, which is best wine. So Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? Good, thanks, Jill. Yourself? I'm very, very well. Thank you. I'm getting into the Christmas spirit, as you as you can see. You've been waiting oh, patiently in the sidelines I'll, there. I'll, I'll have to mark the 16th down. I didn't know that. So. There we go. There we go. I'm glad that you can learn something from me today. Um, ben, uh, I know we've already had a, a couple of chats about this, but um, I would like to have a bit of a focus on the Pinot Meunier because, again, it's not a varietal that particularly Australians really speak about a lot and probably no. don't really drink as a straight varietal that often. As I think that it's known more as the um, the third cousin or the third partner in, in the making of a French champagne. So oh, can boy. I hand over to you to tell us a bit about this grape and uh, and what's so great about it and how you make it so beautifully? Um, well, it's uh, we've got some Pinot Meunier, which used to be called uh, actually Miller's Burgundy, and it was in our um, original nursery block, which was planted in the 1860s. And we also have another block that was planted in the 1860s of the um, Pinot Munia, which back then was known as Miller's Burgundy. And then we had it correctly identified oh, 20 or 30 years ago as um, Pinot Munia. And it really just come around. Uh, it was actually Dad's one of Dad's first um, table wines that he actually made. So it's quite sentimental to myself and the rest of the family because he sort of just started doing it. And uh, yeah, you're correct. It is the main base, one of the bases for for champagne. But Dad thought, oh well, blow this. We'll um, we'll make a tank of it, and 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 there we go from there, sort of thing. So um, I think it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful wine. Um, people quite often can't say the name, and they say Pinot Manure instead of <laughs> Meunier, <laughs> which it takes a bit of correcting, but it gets a giggle. Um, it's it's like a it's a bit like a Pinot Noir, but I think it's got um, more structure, more delicate. Um, I'm really fortunate to be able to be drinking 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 50 year old Munia. So I'm, I'm a bit, I'm very lucky to be able to have these experiences to be able to drink such um, wonderful old wines. And they're just, they, they age really, long as everything's stored in the right condition, they, they age beautifully. Um, they have an absolute beautiful leaf on them. Uh, I don't know if you know the plant um, lamb's ears. They, no, I don't. Yeah, well, they're like, they look like they've got a, like a fur on them. Uh, or they were originally named Miller's Burgundy because it looked like they'd um, the, the uh, Millers would sh uh, sprinkle the leaf with flour, and that's what it looks like. It's a beautiful-looking... When the leaves are young, they're just the most spectacular leaves I've ever ever seen. They're just so beautiful. It, it grows out. So we they used to call them rough leaf, smooth leaf. And so smooth leaf with Pinot Noir and rough leaf was Pinot Meunier. Oh. With all the hair on it. But um, no, they're, they're absolutely beautiful wines. 
So, so you've actually got the, um, uh, you have plantings that date as far back to eight, as 1868. Yes. Of Pinot And so you've, uh, that's, uh, and they're obviously the, the oldest ones in Australia and they just came out directly from France. Is that right? Yes. We think we may have the oldest Pinot Noir and Pinot Meunier in the world because we've never, we don't know for sure, but uh, Europe uh, all had phylloxera and had to be all ripped out and replanted. We've never had phylloxera here or anything, so we've we've still got the original cuttings and original vines. And we, when we plant Pinot Meunier now, we take cuttings off that original block for Pinot Meunier again. So we've kept it kept it going. We're not we're we're fairly confident we've got the oldest, but I might mm. one day find a uni student or something to do a a study. <laughs> Either way, yeah. you're going to have absolutely one of them. But look, let, look let's just stick to the fact that, you, that it is um, that it is the oldest. Um, what are you, you just mentioned the Pinot Noir as well as Pinot Meunier? Yeah. They are you could almost call them cousins. They are yeah. they have a lot of similar characteristics, don't they? Yeah. But what yes. would you say the main differences are? I would think uh, Pinot Meunier is more delicate, and it's got a little. I think their flavours are more pronounced. Um, it's still a very, it's a quite a light, light wine. It's very, it's very easy to drink. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I bet. But I, I think it's, it's um, maybe just a little bit darker than Pinot, Pinot Noir in colour, but that all depends on how they're made and on the season and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, we find we've got to, um, like Pinot Noir, we have to leaf pluck generally most of it to try and get sunlight into it. But we've got to be quite careful when we're growing that um, we don't get too much sunlight on one side because they'll burn quite quickly. So we generally only leaf pluck the east side to get sun on that side, but shading on the other side if it gets um, too hot in the afternoon. So we sort of cover our bases. Um, but no, I think, yeah, they're beautiful. They're beautiful wines. And as they get older and older, they they sort of go a bit of a chocolatey brown colour and people look at them and go, oh, geez, I don't know about this. But close your eyes first, taste it, and then look at the colour. And that's how I tell people to drink really old Pinot Meuniers because um, the flavours are just amazing. But if you look at it first, especially a 30 or 40, 50 year old one, yes, your eyes tell you that it's no good straight away. <laughs> so, so taste it blindfolded, then have a look at it, and then your brain gets all confused what's going on. But they're, they're beautiful ones. So, how long? So, if, if you can be keeping them for 40 to 50 years, would you be keeping them even longer? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If we don't drink them all before we, if we, yeah, that's, if that's we stop rating the cell, they'll be more there for sixty years. So, and, and what foods would you pair it with? I mean, if it's uh, if it, if it does have those similar some similar characteristics to um to a Pinot Noir, you're thinking is it um so so it, it goes with quite rich foods. Yes, yes, yep, quite rich foods. Um, look, they're good. It's good with cheeses. And things like this, they're, they're very good looked at. But I, to be honest, I drink Pinot Meunier with just about anything, whether I've got a steak or a, a chicken or or anything really. It's it's that middle of the road. It's not overly heavy. It's not super light. So really it could just about match it with anything if you really wanted to. It's yes. More, I, I tend to do my wine drinking and tell people, 
you're the one that's drinking it. You drink it with what you like to drink it with. <laughs> Don't let me tell you what to drink it with. Look, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm thinking it probably would be actually a really good Christmas wine as well. It would go well with Christmas oh. fare. You're saying it's oh, yes, very versatile. Um, probably could go well with something with a bit of spice as well, if that's the oh. way you're Yes. palate tended would you would you also put it in the fridge for a little bit on the the hot you know australian on a, on summer a, days on a hot day just to take it just to take a little bit of the room temperature off yes um like in in the middle of winter yes but in the summer i'd just stick it in the fridge for half an hour quickly you don't you don't want it cold but just to take it just to cool it just a a little bit take i'd do the same with pinot noir as well yes yeah just just to chill it yeah for sure I think it's it's good just to give a little bit of an educational piece around it because I I thought one, I'm definitely going to start going, you know, I I want to try more and more, but they're not as easily as accessible as a lot of other, especially like Pinots or anything like that. So it's just an, it's an easier go-to to to grab something else. So to actually, you know, I've I've really been doing some research on it recently. And um, even if I were just to go to, you know, some some, um, retail stores, it's very hard to find a straight Meunier. Yeah, so very, um, very rare to, yeah. to find. Uh, I know uh, Seppels do do a Pinot Meunier now. There's probably only half a dozen or a dozen that I know of, of Pinot mm. Meuniers made in Australia. So they're quite rare uh, because I don't think they're, they're not mainstream. No. Uh, but I believe, I think, you know, Pinot Meunier, if people more people had a go at it, they would be quite surprised at the styles you could make. And, yeah, and sure. I think they're... Quite an underrated or un, unexplored variety, except for champagne. Yes, yes, of course. So it's actually that's even more testament to how great your Pinot Meunier is. That uh, in the recent holidays um, uh, uh, announcement of the top 100 wines, that your 2019 Old Vine Great Western Pinot Meunier was was in there. And not yeah. only was it in some um, in the best reds over thirty dollars, uh, as we know there there aren't a lot. It's only one hundred in total, um, yeah. but it also scored ninety nine points again. That's yeah. that's that's a very rare, you know, a- accolade to get. And for a wine that really is not in such high demand and is up against some absolutely magnificent other wines, it it really is testament that it must be pretty special. Oh no, I think it's amazing. It's it's quite a funny story with the not the holiday thing this year, but a number of years ago, J- James asked Dad then to do a tasting of Pinot Noir. Mm. He's also snuck in a couple of bottles of Pinot Meunier. Nice. <laughs> so James all of a sudden go, well, hang on, we don't, I don't drink Pinot Meunier, but all of a sudden Dad, Dad gave him the the lesson and all of a sudden, wow, well, <laughs> maybe I, he'll start drinking a bit more. So, you know, even Dad gave uh, James Halliday a bit of a, I opened one day with the Pinot Munier. So. <laughs> but it, it is quite, it's quite, um, for quite an unknown wine to get those sort of scores. Mm. It's really testament to, you know, our staff and team and the vineyard and the area that we grow because um, we're naturally warmer than most Pinot regions. So, um, you know, it, it's not, we're not known for our Pinots, uh, but I, I believe this region can, you know, really knock out some good Pinots and especially Pinot Munier. Well, you're also knocking out some great Rieslings by the uh, by the sound of it. Your uh, 2020 uh, Great Western Riesling was awarded 96 points, and yeah. um, also in Halliday's Top 100 got the best whites under 25 dollars. Yeah. Now 
that's that is pretty impressive to to, to pay less than twenty five dollars for a bottle of wine that's scoring that high. That's um that's you know you just want to jump online and start buying right now. Oh, well, I'm not stopping you. Don't knock yourself out. <laughs> no, it, no, it is. Look, I think our region, as I've said to a lot of people, our region is well, one of the oldest wine regions in Australia, but we're still probably quite an unknown wine region for the for the younger for the older generation. Um, they probably know us more, but the younger generation don't because we're only really a region of half a dozen wineries. But I think what what the local wineries do, we do really well, and we you know try and support each other as much as we can. We're, we're not a Yarra or a Barossa where we have you know a hundred odd wineries. It's um I think we um punch above our weight for for, for such a small region. It's actually seemed like quite a, quite an interesting conundrum because you've got these amazing Rieslings, you've got this amazing Pinot Meunier, um, but the Great Western uh, region itself is actually known for Shiraz. Yes. So you know your Shiraz as well. I mean, I could I could list them all, but uh, yeah. I'd be here for a very long time if I were doing that with all your award winning Shiraz. But what I'd love to talk about is your sparkling Shiraz. Yes. And um, especially coming up to Christmas, and I love a good sparkling Shiraz. I was this oh, close <laughs> yesterday to getting a sepult sparkling, but but uh, we 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 chose, went for something else. But um, with Christmas coming up, and it's such a great Christmas fair wine, can you tell us a bit about your sparkling Shiraz? Um, yes, we started, oh, I can't remember now, about 12 or 15 years ago, we started making sparkling Shiraz and I discussed it with Dad. He said, no, 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 we can't do a sparkling Shiraz. He was, we won't be able to do one good enough. And, you know, anyway, uh, Adam Wadowich was working for us then and I gave him a, nink, a wink and he gave, winked at me and he said, we're just going to do it anyway. So <laughs> that's how it started. And um, I think it's it's a beautiful, beautiful sparkling Shiraz um, from our region and and uh, as Seppels used to be the first first people in the first company in the world to ever make sparkling Shiraz, so I thought, well, we're in the home of sparkling Shiraz. We should, you know, we should have a bit of a go at it as well. So, and it's it's going really well. I'm very happy with the sparkling Shiraz, and we're getting quite good reports, and people are enjoying it and getting, you know, quite good, nice commentary and comments about it about it sort of thing so but it definitely it will definitely be on the christmas table so yes <laughs> well it probably won't be on the christmas table it'll probably be about 10 o'clock in the morning for uh that's more likely it actually is surprising good in in the morning isn't it yes. i mean it is the spark you know bubbles always is uh is, is is better than wine in the morning but the sparkling shiraz it does work well yes, but something well. that i i do notice and i've heard a lot of people mention as well is that they can find that sparkling Shiraz can get a little sweet. So after that first glass that goes down just ridiculously well, by the second glass, you're just really getting that sweetness. So how how are you, do, do you find that that is happening with yours as well? Or are you kind of trying to, you no, know, get, get that sugar out? We're, we've got just a minutest amount of residual, but we're trying to keep that keep that down quite a lot as we can. Yes. Uh, generally, as a rule, uh, we don't like drinking. Well, I personally don't like drinking really sweet reds. Dad doesn't like drinking sweet reds. Um, so I think there's enough flavour in the in the fruit and the wine itself without um, leaving too much residual sugar in there. And so, what uh, so what particular one will you be bringing out on Christmas Day at ten a.m.? Well, there's quite a group of us, so it won't be one bottle, and they've all got different tastes. But it will be there will be a sparkling Shiraz. There'll be a, probably a CMT as well, um, which we named after Mum. Uh, 
Uh, there'll probably be a Pinot Mounier in there, and this mm -hmm. is probably just before lunch. And then after lunch, it'll be there'll be probably ten different styles of wine from all over Australia. Right. So. so it's interesting you haven't mentioned uh, any whites in the, in the lead up to uh, to the food in there. Do you do you like to dabble in in, in your Chardonnays? Obviously, wow. you've got some great Rieslings. Oh yes, yes. I, sorry, I should have mentioned whites, but I love <laughs> I love Riesling. I, I love the versatility of Riesling. Um, mm. I find Riesling quite an amazing grape. Uh, you can make it. It can be made in so many different styles. It can be made dry, sweet, spritzy. So many different styles. And that's what I find amazing with Riesling. There's no really one one road uh, with Riesling. And I think um, that's one of the things I find quite amazing with Riesling. There's no real real recipe. There is a recipe, but you can make it in all sorts of different spot styles and, and all that. And I just, you get three or four different Rieslings from different areas of Australia and they're all completely different because they've come from different areas, different winemakers different trends and all that sort of stuff. So, And, of course, it also ages so beautifully to oh. put it down and just, just let it go. Yep. Um, actually, so I went with a beautiful golden colour. Yeah. So last weekend I was I went to a friend's birthday. It was actually something I hadn't done in ages. It was a restaurant where you could BYO wine. <laughs> and I do love doing that because it, it, it makes it so much more fun. Everyone brings along some wine. It was, a, it was a really good Chinese restaurant. And so straight away I was like, you know, a Riesling would probably work quite well. Funnily enough, everyone bought a Riesling. <laughs> everyone had a Bubbles and a Riesling because it was a celebration for a birthday. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we pulled out the, the 2020 Petaloo a yellow label Hamlin Hill Riesling. Oh, yes. Classic, stunning. We had, you know, the Tasmanian Edison Point Riesling, beautiful. We just had some some classics yeah. there and we ended up doing this really fun Riesling tasting and everyone uh, sharing them. But it is quite amazing how they're all completely different. You know, you've mm. got the Hanlon Hill um, as opposed to Tasmania, as opposed yeah. to, you know, we, we just actually had um, uh, a Jacob Steen from, from Mudgee uh, on this morning and talking about the Rieslings in Mudgee and how great they are. Yeah. As you said, before they are so so different but still extremely versatile with the food they're um they're, they're a bit of a fave i feel like i want to do like a whole show on a riesling but um oh, yeah no, th they are great and i haven't tried yours but i definitely want to yeah, no, i find rieslings uh yeah really good and i think uh, the only real disappointing thing in the wine industry is you you tend to get pinpointed into like if you're an area we're known for shiraz but we also do riesling really, really well we also do pinot very well and yes. it's the same as the Yarra. They're, they're sort of known for Pinot and Chardonnay, but they do such a variety of other wines really well as as well. And you've, once you educate people, you go, well, they do Shiraz, but they also do this, or they do Pinot and they also do this. And it's, um, yes. It's like Coonawarra. It's known for Cabernet, but they do some amazing other wines as well. It's not, They're just not Cabernet. Yeah, it's quite important to get outside of what the flagship uh, varietal is, isn't it, for a region? Yeah, yeah, yeah and it becomes very exciting, and I, mm. I, I, I totally agree. I think that's part of the real fun about going to a region, trying what they're not known for yeah, as opposed yeah. to what they are known for. Look, Ben, we are now beautifully on time. Thank you so much. This has been great. I can't wait to try your Pinot Meunier, that 2019. Are you, do you still have any availability of that? Ooh, I'd have to ask the wife who's just on the other side of the wall. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Just give, give a knock. I was kind of expecting you're probably getting very low of stock and might we have are to getting very low in stock. put in a, a bit of an order for that and the reasoning. But look, thank you so much for that. Let's uh, let's hope to see some more Pinot Meunier in the future. 
No worries. Thank you very much. You have a great Christmas. You Enjoy your sparkling shrouds at 10 a.m. And uh, and I'll uh, look forward to uh, getting you back on the show at some point next year. No worries. Thanks very much. Thanks so much, Ben. No worries. Bye. So that was Ben Thompson from Best Wines and Great Western. Definitely give them a go. Very, very, uh, very great wines. Totally underrated.